Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the Apostle Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall I begin uh, with prayer? Father, we come across this evening, we pray with gospel truths, uh, so we may fight the spiritual battle with confidence and grow in our love for you. Amen. Um, keep your uh, fingers in the Bible, uh, in chapter 6, uh, page uh, 1177. In one of C.S. Lewis's famous uh, books, Screwtape Letters, um, Screwtape, uh, he's one of the head haunted devils, he writes to his nephew, um, Wormwood, and he says this, he says, it's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds, in reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. And so let me ask you this question. How aware are we of the spiritual battle that we're all in? Something to think about as we enter into uh, 2024. I wonder, do we consider our walk of the Lord not so much a walk as such, but a battle, a spiritual battle? Uh, some of us are perhaps uh, more aware of this than others, but Paul certainly thinks that this reality exists uh, like the reality of the heavenly blessings that he, that he uh, talks about in chapter 1. Paul seems to suggest that this is a reality that Christians can't really escape. Um, now, don't get me wrong, this is not the kind of battle that um, I've certainly been fighting for the last couple of weeks of uh, whether I should have that extra bit of chocolate or not. But um, it's spiritual. It's not physical. Um, it's deeper. It's a spiritual battle. Um, Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians explaining God's powerful plan to unite all things under Christ. And having discussed uh, what this gospel reality means in chapters 1 to 3 and how we fit into this uh, gospel plan as a church, 
in chapters 4 to 5, Paul arrives at this point in the letter, and he says this. Look down with me to verse 10. He says this, finally. In other words, here are my final remarks. I want to leave you with one last thing. It, it sort of it makes you sit up, doesn't it? Um, a bit like uh, Inspector Colombo. He, he goes, just one last thing after sort of interrogating a bunch of people. And you know that's the question that sort of cracks the case wide open. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an imperative here. It's a didactic sentence. And this is how he begins his uh, final instructions. He says, verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There's a call here to be strong in God's might, not ours. God's might. And how does he want us to stay strong? Well, verse 11, by putting on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That's what he's saying. He's saying one last thing, be strong and put on God's armor against the devil. Now, before going into the details of explaining uh, what this armor looks like, um, Paul's keen to answer um, the question that I think most of us might be asking or certainly should be asking. And that's why. Why do we need to put on God's armor. Why is it that we have to stand firm by putting on God's armor? And Paul answers this question, you'll see, by showing us who the armor is protecting us against, who the enemy is. Verse 11, that you can stand, uh, uh, that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He's saying the devil's scheming against us So put on God's armor. Now let me break that down. You see, Paul's essentially saying that, yes, Jesus died and rose for us. um, And our faith in him means we are seated in heavenly places with all these blessings lavished upon us. But he says, I'm afraid that's not the end of it because we have to acknowledge something darker that is working against us. There are dark spiritual forces, he says, that are actively working against us to lead us away from our faith in him. So that's my first point. What does Paul want us to know? Well, he wants us to know that we're in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle. This is how he describes it in verse 12. Look down with me. Verse 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. See, Paul's saying there's a spiritual battle that we're all fighting, whether we like it or not. A battle is not with flesh and blood. It's not physical, but it's against authorities, powers of this dark world, and evil spiritual forces in heavenly realms. Now, I want to extrapolate this um, a little bit more. I want to extrapolate by addressing a couple of ways in which people have understood who this enemy is. Um, Some have tackled this particular passage by shying away from talking about um, these authorities and powers as what they genuinely actually are, very real spiritual forces that are fighting to veer us away from our Christian walks. 
Instead, these rulers and authorities have been uh, associated with infrastructures or, or you know, authority figures uh, like your company or your, your boss in your company or uh, the government, um, the Tory party, the Labour party. And while we're at it, we might as well chuck in the, the Lib Dems and SNP and the Green Party. Um, or they've been likened to big banks, big corporations that bankrupt the country every few years. Or it's some sort of natural catastrophe that uh, takes away many lives once in a while. You see, rather than acknowledge a dark spiritual force that is working to derail us, we've fallen into the danger of building, of, of, of um, dumbing down what Paul is trying to warn us against. Falling into the danger of taking away the supernatural nature of the battle that we're all in. Now, on the flip side, um, we, we get the other extreme, you know, something off of Hollywood, um, necks twisting 180 degrees, um, people speaking in dead languages, people vomiting crucifixes, and so on and so forth. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying um, these dark spiritual forces don't manifest themselves in those ways at all. Um, I grew up in India, I heard, I heard um, lots of very dramatic stories before I saw them played out in some of the, some of the big screens. But here's the challenge. I wonder, do we actually see spiritual warfare as slightly less dramatic? And dare I say, a bit more subtle than what it is? Look at how Paul warns us in verse 11. He says he wants us to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the devil's schemes. The King James has it as wiles of the devil. The enemy, Paul says, would much rather you didn't think he was real. The enemy would much rather you thought it was just evil and greedy corporations or, or Hollywood fantasies. See, the enemy would much rather you thought it was just someone's weakness, or just a character trait. But in reality, it's subtle, isn't it? It's the sort of thing that says, you will not surely die. You'll be like God. It's deceptive. All these kingdoms of the world I will give you if you bow down and worship me. It's tempting. It's attractive. The battle is real. The battle is spiritual. The battle is against the devil's schemes. A couple of implications off the back of that. I wonder, do we recognize the spiritual battle as one that is perhaps a daily wrestle? One that is on the front line of our thoughts and actions in our everyday mundane lives. Um, oh, I lost my, oh, there it is. It's in the little decisions we make every day. Um, it's okay to share this bit of information with someone because it's not, um, it's not exactly gossip if we pray about it afterwards, right? Or is it? Oh, this person always does this. It's just, it's just what they're like. It's just their character trait. Or is it? Maybe it's okay to do this thing once. No one's looking. No one's going to know. It's, um, it's, not, really, it's not really going to uh, impact anyone. So it's okay to do that thing. Or is it? The battle is against the schemes. The battle is subtle, and the battle is every day. So what does Paul want us to do about it? 
Well, he wants us to put on God's armor. That's the, that's the response. He wants us to put on God's armor. Look down with me to verse 14. This is, this is how he describes the armor. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I wonder if you can see how Jesus is the core substance of this armor. So the armor is essentially the gospel. They are gospel truths. For example, it's the belt of truth about Jesus, about the gospel. It's the shield of faith in whom? In Jesus. Righteousness and salvation we have through Jesus, through the gospel, the, the word of God, which is the gospel. They're gospel truths about what he's already done for us through his coming and dying and rising from the dead. They are gospel truths that protect us against the devil in battle. I'm a big fan of um, Marvel movies. Um, apparently, it's, it's uncool to admit that in your 30s, but, but I love Marvel movies. And one of my favorite characters is um, Iron Man. Uh, there's, there's nothing really superhero about the guy, apart from the fact that he's apparently very clever, and he's just very rich. Uh, but, but nothing special about him, really. But one thing that he has, which is really cool, is the iron suits. Some of you may know this. Um, he'll sort of call for his uh, AI assistant called, I think it's Jarvis, and he goes, Jarvis, bring me my suits. And uh, this iron suit flies from the headquarters and goes and wraps around him, and then off he goes into the battle. It's quite cool. I think it's quite cool. Um, now, with the risk of liking all Christians with rich billionaire superheroes, something of this is what Paul is painting a picture of here. Paul urges us to stand firm against the schemes of the evil one by putting on the whole armor of God's gospel. Put differently, the gospel equips us for the spiritual battle, and that's how we stand firm on the final day. An assurance and a challenge. I wonder if you can see, the, uh, if you can see what sort of attacks um, Paul says the gospel protects us against. I wonder if you can, if you, if you can hear the, the tone of assurance in this passage today. Uh, perhaps you're, you're worried about salvation. Um, a good friend of mine gave their life to, uh, to Christ last year, uh, and they said they, they believed everything, but they simply didn't feel sure about it. So they, they, they weren't sure if they had sort of done enough to be saved. And it's almost like they wanted a, a seal of approval, a certificate to say that they are authentic Christians now. Well, Paul says, Look at your helmet of salvation. Salvation is yours. Jesus has done it. Or look at your feet. The footwear should remind you that the gospel of peace has removed all hostility between you and the Father. So don't let the enemy make you think otherwise. That's how we stand firm. Perhaps, perhaps, you're feeling, perhaps you feel guilty about something you've done, something you've said something you've thought, um, perhaps something you, 
you should have done but you didn't do, and it's weighing you down with crippling anxiety and guilt. Paul says, look at your breastplate of righteousness. That should remind you that you've, you've been made right in the eyes of God through Jesus' death and resurrection. No amount of works-based living is going to change that. It's the enemy's job to accuse you with untruths. So don't let him make you think otherwise. That's how we stand firm. Um, perhaps like me, you're worried about the future. Um, what's 2024 going to look like? What's the future of the Church of England going to look like? Are our loved ones going to be healthy and happy? Paul says you've got the shield of faith to protect you against the enemy's lies. You have the word of God and the belt of truth to remind you of how big and mighty God is, how sovereign he is. Paul doesn't want us to let the enemy make us think otherwise. That's how we stand firm. A challenge. I wonder, do we see the front of our defense against the schemes of the devil as actually a deep scriptural understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for us? Um, when I read this for the first time, I went, of course we have salvation through Jesus' death and resurrection. Of course we have righteousness and of course we have you know peace and so on and so forth but then I reflected on it and I, and I and I realized actually this is stuff this is information that I've learned as it's been revealed to me in scripture and so let me ask you that do we see time spent in scripture knowing God and his gospel as part of our fight against the devil's schemes if you look carefully with, down, down with me to verse 14, he says, he says, put on the full armor of God. It's, it's active. Verse 16, take up the shield of faith. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. It's, it's proactive, isn't it? Now, don't get me wrong. Um, this is not a try-harder gospel. These are gospel realities that Jesus has already secured for us at the cross. So let me ask you that again. Do we see time spent in Scripture learning God's truths, an important part of equipping ourselves for the spiritual battle? Paul wants us to secure ourselves with the whole armor of God's gospel in our spiritual battle against the devil. And finally, how else do we stand firm? How else do we stand firm? If you look down with me to uh, verse 17, here are the final instructions. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And for the final bit of instruction, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, I think um, many of us get to this point and will say, well, it says we must pray. As so a prayer is really important for our walks with the Lord, and we should all be praying. And that's it. But actually, if you look carefully, you see, Paul appears to describe prayer as the fight we fight against the devil. That's the battle. It's almost like that's the thing we get to do against the enemy that means we stand firm 
and defeat the enemy. Um, I watched uh, the new Napoleon movie recently, and they cover lots of wonderful sort of battle scenes. Um, and, in, and in all the battle scenes, you see Napoleon, he sort of, he, he gears himself up with all his sort of full body armor, and, um, and he charges into the battle scene, uh, into the battle against his enemies. Now, if, if, you, you see, if, you, if you were to picture that as a spiritual battle, what Paul is describing here is a battle in which um, we put on the full armor of God, which is the gospel, and instead of charging against the enemy, we pray. That's the line of attack against the enemy. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. It's, it's constant. It's essential. It's part of the battle. How do we, how do we fight the spiritual battle? We equip ourselves with God's gospel and pray. And notice how they're linked. Praying goes hand in hand with equipping ourselves with the gospel. Paul shows us that the gospel equips us to battle in prayer. Just imagine if, if Napoleon charged into the battle without any armor. He, he wouldn't stand a chance, would he? he that would be a very short movie, certainly. Um, so like any soldier... Paul encourages us to equip ourselves with gospel truths and pray in our battle against the enemy. It's also a key part of his fight. Look, look at verse 19. Uh, look at how he describes, look at how he um, asks them to pray for him. Verse 19, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20, Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul knew the power of prayer. He understood what it meant to battle in prayer. And if you look at it conversely, the victory for the enemy, you'll notice, is us reverting to not praying. That's our defeat and that's his victory. Us not praying because of some dis, dis, uh, uh, deceitful lies that the enemies uh, fed us or, or temptations that have uh, drawn us away from wanting to uh, pray, that's the enemy's victory. Verse 17, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests because that's how we stand firm in the spiritual battle. So as we enter into the new year, uh, let us strive to be prayer warriors. Um, You're probably like me, you you probably struggle to find the right words to pray sometimes. Uh, Perhaps you think your prayers are too simple. Paul says, pray in the spirit. You're not alone. Pray all kinds of prayers. This new year, let's not let the enemy stop us from turning to our Father in prayer in all occasions, in praise and supplication. Let us stand firm in the, bi- in the battle against the enemy this new year, confidently equipped with the gospel in prayer. And so let me pray.
Father, we thank you for giving us the gospel to equip us for the spiritual battle that we're in. Thank you for showing us that this battle is real. And uh, forgive us for the times we don't take it seriously. And so, Father, help us to stand strong, not in our might, but yours, Father. Father, equip us, we pray, with these gospel truths as we enter this new year, confident of who Jesus is and what he has secured for us at the cross. And so we pray all of these things in the powerful name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.